Namo Buddhaya, salutations to the Holy Sangha. Respected Ajahn, I've been suffering from anxiety and depression. I developed this during COVID, or maybe it was always there, but I didn't address it. I had an anxiety attack that happened one and a half years ago, and ever since then, I get fearful thoughts and negative thoughts about everything such as small body changes, they tell me something is going to happen to me or I'm going to lose control or lose consciousness or go mad. In reality, nothing has happened, but for the past year, I get fearful thoughts almost every day. I have great faith in the Triple Gem. Dear Ajahn, kindly help me to come out from this problem. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So, needs to um, have an understanding as well that when you have this self-awareness like you do that uh, you know your body and mind is in this state then it's not that difficult to cure this problem and so it's both about the body and the mind so the body has its kind of system or its way of working and when this anxiety comes up, you can ask yourself, um, are you getting enough sleep? Is your sleep a good quality? Are you sleeping well? And also look at the food that you're eating. And the doctors recommend to not take any food that um, has stimulating qualities because that will make the anxiety worse. So anything with caffeine in it, so coffee or tea or cocoa, you should stop having that. And so this is to do with the body as well. So when you look after the body well, then the anxiety uh, will reduce. Because if you're just trying to rely upon your meditation, just that, but your mindfulness is quite weak, um, then that'll be difficult. You know, something just small comes up and you get really anxious about that. So that shows that the mindfulness is weak at the moment, the samadhi, it's not firm. Due to, or, and that causes all this fear to come up. So you need to look after the body well. And to do with the mind, then listen to the Dhamma. You can also do some meditation, but do so in a relaxed way. It's kind of take it easy. Don't be strict about it. Because if you are strict, then it may just increase the stress that you're feeling. So during this time of uh, COVID, this pandemic, um, then those people who are of the disposition to worry about things, um, there'll be a lot of anxiety that comes up. And there's a lot of pressure that um, is put on people um, during this period of pandemic. And so just something small happens and the response uh, is a lot of anxiety. But this isn't above your ability to be able to fix, you know, if you set your heart on that. And you have this strong conviction in the triple gem, a strong 
uh, faith in my teachings as well, so I've given my recommendation. You can also try to take some medication for a period of time, and then when that's not necessary anymore, then stop taking that. And practice as well while you're doing that. So I myself had gone through you know, periods of intense fear as well. Nothing really happened, but I was really, really scared. And I was afraid that spirits or ghosts would come to harm me. And really what it boiled down to was a fear of death. And Venerable Ajahn Chah, when he went to stay in his cremation grounds, you know, he felt the most extreme fear. And it really put the squeeze on him. But he had the strong energy to his samadhi. And he took his bowl as his friend during that time. And when this highest degree of fear came up, he asked himself, he asked his mind, what are you afraid of? And the answer came back, I'm afraid of death. And so this wisdom arose, and he asked, well, where is it that you're not going to die? Does that place exist? And his mind became bright, and he wasn't ever afraid again after that. So he had this mindfulness and samadhi and wisdom. So I practiced uh, following him and experienced this really great fear as well in those cremation grounds, to the point where I thought that I was going to go crazy. But then the mind gathered together. It was really incredible. It reached into emptiness. And then I went back out to walk in the place that I had been walking before. But there was no fear there anymore. It was a place where there were bones scattered all over the place from the people uh, whose corpses had been left there. There's also a huge number of people who had been buried in the ground around that area. But I was no longer afraid. So these kilesas, the defilements, <coughs> they're very significant things. Even though nothing happens, the defilements can make us become terrified and just do this all over and over again. And if during that time I didn't have good mindfulness and samadhi, then I may not have escaped from that situation. There's this feeling of just wanting to run away, just like a mad person. So Ajahn Chah, he said that in order to you know, give the Dhamma that I've been teaching you, I had to pass through the jaws of tigers and over the uh, graves of spirits. But we don't have to take it to that degree. And if you feel a lot of fear, and that just happens day after day after day, um, and the mindfulness is weak, samadhi isn't firm, wisdom doesn't arise, then this can be a dangerous situation. So you need to be careful. So therefore you should develop metta, it's loving-kindness. And learn to look at things in a positive light. Rest enough, take care of the food that you eat, get exercise, 
consult a doctor. And you can meditate for periods, but don't be strict about that. Because if you put pressure on yourself, then that will have effects on the body. But whatever the case, may the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha protect you. And may you recover so that you're able to come back and meditate normally again. Dear Venerable Ajahnanan, could you please advise what we should spend more time on as a beginner in the Dhamma, Dhamma learning, for example, suttas, tipitaka, etc., or Dhamma practice, meditation practice? If we don't have a proper teacher, what can we do to make sure we have the right view and correct practice to deal with difficulties during applying Dhamma to our daily lives? Thank you for your teaching and guidance. My gratitude and respect sending from Vietnam. So if one has the time, then one could do some study of the suttas, and that's okay, in order to build the faith that one has, and also to gain more of an understanding of the path of practice, about generosity, the benefits of generosity, virtue and the benefits of virtue, and also kamatana is meditation, meditation objects. This is in the suttas as well. But when we study these, then we also put them into practice as well. And we don't need to study um, a lot once we have that understanding to the point where we use too much time for studying. And so we can gain some kind of understanding in the Dhamma through this scriptural study, the study of this theory. But if that's all we do and we don't practice, then that's not able uh, to damage or destroy the defilements. It's like we study about greed. Well, what's greed like? Study about hatred, about delusion. And we know that through the scriptures, but we're not able to put it down. And so that's why it's necessary for us to practice. We practice samadhi, bringing the mind to a firm and stable state. And we maintain our mindfulness maintain awareness over a single object. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we recite this word of Buddha, do that a lot, or know the breath. And these are samatha methods, means to bring the mind to peace. So we can do some study of the suttas, study the teachings of the awakened teachers, listen to their dharma talks, and it's very easy to find this kind of uh, media these days. So like the Dharma teachings of Venerable Ajahn Chah, or like now listening to my teachings, and I studied with Ajahn Chah. So we can take these and practice. We listen, we study, and then we try to follow what we've heard. And so... This confidence in those teachings grows and grows in us. That if we have practiced them already, um, then we should notice that we are more able to abandon greed, hatred and delusion. 
And this is correct. If the wisdom arises for us to put down the sense of self, and that shows that the way that we're walking is correct. So don't be too worried about this. Um, because really nature is teaching us all the time. It's constantly teaching us about change and suffering and not self. You know, the trees and the mountains and all parts of nature, they're all arising and ceasing, arising and ceasing already. We've all seen people who are old, people who are sick, and uh, those who have died. And this is nature. So we can understand that these things are this way, and that they need to be like this, and that is Dhamma. If one gets angry a lot, and can develop metta, and think these thoughts of, may all beings be well, be happy, may we not harm one another. And so we have this quality of kindness and also virtue, morality as well. Having all of these Brahma Viharas uh, caring for our minds. And practicing like this is correct, it's not incorrect. So we do it for the sake of abandoning, for letting go of the attachments that we have. So may you set your heart on doing this. Uh, Amanda from Hong Kong. May I ask if I often seek the approval and appreciation of others in my daily life, will it bring any disadvantages? But how can I build confidence without the approval and appreciation of others? So this seeking of a approval, it's a matter of tanha or craving. So there's this craving of uh, sensuality, and that's uh, kama tanha. There's the craving to want to have or want to be, that's bhava tanha. The craving of not wanting to have, wanting to not have, wanting to not be. And that's vipavadana. So this wish for approval, this is tanha, this is bhava tanha. And the not wanting uh, for disapproval, that's vipavadana. So it's this kind of desiring to not have like this not wanting for people to criticize us, to disparage us, wishing for people to praise us. And if we have that kind of desire, then that's the cause for suffering to arise. And so this has its downside, which is suffering, the appearance of suffering. So when people um, are disapproving, they say disapproving things about something that we've done. We should have confidence in ourselves as well. That if we reflect and realize that what I've done is good, it's correct already. But if many people are disapproving, then we can start kind of believing that, and we believe them over ourselves. 
So we should ask ourselves, well, is what I did, did that harm others, did that harm myself? And have confidence in yourself. Really trying to seek out the truth of the matter. You can also reflect on your good aspects so that this increases your self-confidence. And if you have the self-awareness really met with yourself, then you don't need to listen to other people. So have this confidence. You know, don't be kind of... uh, Or if there's a lot of these kinds of thoughts, then this fear will come up. And don't think, sorry, don't think in kind of negative ways. So if you kind of listening a lot to the criticism of other people, then the confidence that you have will reduce. And cultivating samadhi is something that's important, bringing the mind to a state of stability where it's not shaken like this. You also need to understand that these things are natural in this world, that there is gain and there is loss, that there is um, status and loss of status, there's happiness and there is suffering, and there's praise and there's blame or censure. So there are, everyone experiences these things. And if people, a lot of people around us are criticizing us, and we can start to kind of believe what they say. And if, especially if there are very few people who are praising us or speaking good things about us. So in that case, it may be useful to find a good friend who can remind us of the good things that we've done. Or even if we are at fault, they can kind of kindly uh, explain that to us. But if there's kind of no one there saying any good things about us, then that can reduce our confidence. So we should try to find someone who could remind us kind of, that what we've done is right, and that can give us uh, more self-confidence. But if we listen too much to what other people say, this can create a lot of agitation and chaos. So we should use our own faculty of reflection and investigation as well. But to be cautious around this too, don't do this to the point where conceit arises. You also need to listen to other people as well, but to contemplate alongside that. And there's no one who doesn't receive Um, criticism or censure, that the Buddha had huge numbers of people who criticized him. So set your heart on this, and something that's important is having these qualities of kindness and compassion in your heart, and this can work to be something that you can rely upon. Because if there's a a lot of fear around making any mistakes, then anxiety can come up and one will lack self-confidence. 
So you need to train in this and train in developing mindfulness and samadhi as well. Question from Anonymous. Dear Venerable Ajahn, Recently my senior relatives have joined a meditation school which I find very questionable. This school claims you can attain enlightenment just by listening to the teacher's Dhamma talks and it can take only a few days to do so. Is this even possible? How can I convince my relatives to come back to the path of the Kruba Ajans? They seem to believe in this school deeply and are also trying to convince me to join as well. So wherever it is that people have faith, that's where they will go to. And that's how it is in the beginning. And this faith is something that is important, this belief. So if we believe in something, like these teachings, we see that they're something good, then we'll want to kind of advise or kind of try to pull other people in as well. But it's important for us to have faith through wisdom. So when the perfectly self-awakened Buddha taught Venerable Anya Kondanya and the five ascetics, it was on the fifth day of teaching that Venerable Asaji gained the eye of the Dhamma. And so it took five days for that to happen. So it wasn't many days that he um, was able to see the Dhamma. So is this possible then? Well, if one's barami, one's spiritual virtues are full, then listening just one time, one can see the Dhamma. It doesn't take a lot of days for that to happen. But if one's barami is not full, then it takes time. So, can't really say whether this is good or bad, but one has to understand that during the time of the Buddha, the, taught, the Buddha taught many, many people, and they became, they took the refuges and became firmly established kind of in the Triple Gem. But they didn't yet see the Dhamma. The retinue of King Bimbisara, three quarters of them saw the Dhamma, and one quarter were firmly established um, in refuges in the Triple Gem. And so this was the kind of teachings of the Buddha himself. So in this present day, and there's uh, this teacher who says that they can uh, teach their students and they'll be able to know and see the Dhamma uh, just through that, right there. And it shows that this teacher is extremely skilled. Even Ajahn Chah, he taught for 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, 40 years. And people read his Dharma talks as well. But it's not easy for people to see the Dharma kind of through that, that you really need to practice as well. So the Buddha, Venerable Ajahn Chah, often said that the Buddha was just the one who taught us. And he wasn't able to reduce our bad qualities 
he wasn't able to do goodness for us. These are things that we have to do ourselves. The Buddha wasn't able to take the defilements out of people's hearts. But what he could do was point out this way. And so for and people listened uh, to his Dhamma, but they had to follow those teachings in order to realize it. So perhaps uh, this teacher really wants for his students to know the Dhamma, to see the Dhamma, but that's not going to happen in just two days. But it's also normal that one's relatives that want to kind of invite us along this path as well. So really it depends upon our own mindfulness and wisdom. But things, they're not as easy as this. The practice of the Dhamma, it's not easy like this. So even during the time of the Buddha, King Bimbisara's retinue, not all of them saw the Dhamma, even though they had listened to the Dhamma straight from the Buddha many, many times. So these things, they depend upon our upon time and upon our spiritual virtues as well. <laughs>